This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Bex. And I'm Laura. And we're here to talk openly and honestly about miscarriage, stillbirth and all pregnancy loss. We aim to smash the taboo surrounding these subjects. And rebuild the topic in a way to support and educate women. Rather than isolate and shame them. Welcome to the worst girl gang ever. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's episode of The Worst Girl Gang. This evening we are so lucky to be joined by Alice who is on Instagram as This Is Alice Rose. Hi Alice. Hello. Hello. And thank you so much for uh, joining us in the studio. But, but can I still say that in series two or is <laughs> yeah. that really done? I think we're stuck with it aren't we? Okay I think so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Alice can you tell us a little bit about how you came into this community when did you first join Instagram and what was going on in your fertility life at that time funny because I started as we all do with you know just absolute like ground zero I mean I just yeah and I I and I really did because I started the account purposefully so it wasn't like a personal account that kind of morphed into what I do now I started it knowing exactly what I wanted to do um because of my experience the reason I started it was which was now it'll be three years in February or March um, will be my anniversary. Oh wow! Um, so that's not even that long, is it? Not. I feel like it, I feel like that's ages. But like, yeah, two and a bit, two the, almost. So yeah, I guess like coming up to three years. Um, yeah. Because I feel like February's going to be here in a minute. It's only November right now. But anyway, um, so the reason I started that account was because I had had such a profound and transformative experience during my own route to having my first um, IVF child, who at the time I started it was, uh, well, she was one at the time. So I had, in a nutshell, um, been through this very interesting, I'd say, like, um experience because I'd gone from feeling so uh, shall I shall I just tell you kind of my yeah tell us in a nutshell in <laughs> a nutshell wanna, otherwise it'll take me forever but I'll, t- I'll tell you the <laughs> yeah the fertility kind of story and I kind of almost say that there's like an external fertility story and an internal fertility story because what happened to me internally was the thing that made me start my account so Mm -hmm. externally what happened like on paper was that my husband and I started trying for a baby and I immediately I was kind of in that right I think I might have problems with this because I had always had erratic cycles and Mm -hmm. um, I was in my kind of 
oh, I've heard that it can be really stressful, um, you know, if you have problems conceiving. So I'm just going to be really super organized and just kind of organize my way through this. So I went to the GP the month that we started trying because I said, I want to have a baby. I don't have regular cycles. I'm going to come off the pill now. You know, what What else should I do to, to, to leapfrog over any issues that I might have? Mm, yeah. So hit the yeah, ground running. Hilarious that I was like that. But anyway, that's that, that was my... <laughs> Um, what did the GP thinking. say? Actually, she was great because she really listened. She was like, mm, yeah, it's not normal to have such crazy cycles. Let's send you for a scan. So she sent me for a scan straight away. And they found a fibroid, first of all. So they okay. were like, oh, you've got a fibroid. Um, and I was like, I don't what, know what, sorry, that is. what is what is yeah. a fibroid? Yeah, thanks. Exactly. I was <laughs> like, huh? Because they talk to you as if you understand things sometimes. Mm. I feel. Mm. And I was like, I don't I have no idea what that is. What, what is a fibroid? So it's a uterine. It was a uterine um growth basically and they and mine wasn't that big but they said um oh it'll probably cause some problems so do you want to have it out or not and I was like um well yes if it's going to cause some issues let's let's if it's if it's an option to just get it out I'm quite straightforward yep yes please let's go and do that so I had that done first of all then I went into ovulation induction kind of straight off the back of that um, when, when I'd healed from that surgery. And I was on Clomid, which is an ovulation stimulant. So this is all med- medically induced stuff. Did you think about at the time trying anything alternative or has that come later? That comes later. So I Is that your inner fertility journey? It, well, it sort of is and it isn't. Fibroid was out. I was onto the Clomid, which is onto an ovulation Clomid, yeah. stimulation um, drug that you take orally so I was taking that and it didn't work and I took that for six rounds and And when you say it didn't work did you get period did it induce ovulation or did that not work or did you just not get pregnant the first cycle I had a perfect for the first time in my life a perfect 28 day cycle I ovulated but then I didn't get pregnant but I was like that's okay because clearly I'm responding And can I just say, isn't it as as a sufferer of like erratic slash non-existent periods, when you have a cycle, it's the most fucking exciting thing. It's, exciting. In, it's so exciting. <laughs> when you're like, I remember saying to Rob, I was like, Rob, it's been 31 days. That's considered normal. Said, my, my cycle is 30, 31 days. That's that's a normal cycle, Rob. Um, yeah yeah totally I I I remember that excitement I couldn't believe it I honestly couldn't believe it because mine had been all over the show like for for my whole life they'd never it'd never been normal um so so yeah first cycle 28 days ovulated I was like okay it didn't work I didn't get pregnant but I obviously I respond to the drugs and oh it'll be fine I'll just take this for like maybe another month or two but the next time I took it I had zero response nothing happened absolutely nothing and I went oh that disappointment must be huge it was just really confusing Mm. I was really confused this was very early on in my you know in in the whole journey so I I just could not get my head around why it would work so well um one Mm. um, just literally nothing happened the next I wasn't even she she scammed me she was like yeah yeah you're not you haven't even ovulated it doesn't look like you're going to I think gonna need IVF so that wow. was the That's moment. a big jump. Yes, and that really was the moment that I felt the the ground open up beneath me. That kind of feeling of like whoa, like just doom, you know, like looking down into this black hole of terror. Like that's an unknown. Felt. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it was actually at that point that when she said to me, "You're going to need IVF," and I felt 
the same as you there I was like that seems like a really big jump I'm gonna go and have a second consultation Mm. and um I went to see actually that was all on the fertility uh, that was all on the NHS and then I thought I might just you know fork out and go and have one consultation with with someone just to get another yeah view and that was when she sat me down and explained about PCOS which is what I I apparently had so polycystic ovarian Mm -hmm. syndrome and explained lifestyle factors diet nutrition all of this stuff sat me down and gave me um like charts and um a metformin she put me on which is actually a diabetic oh yeah Uh, drug which is supposed to help regulate your sugar levels and insulin resistance and all of this stuff at the time I really got it like I sat down and I really studied everything she told me and I followed her advice to the letter like I was such a little like you know teacher's pet about it I really was I was like okay okay so this is what I have to do I can't have sugar fine I won't and I really didn't like I just Mm. struck it right off and I drove myself absolutely bananas because I was like did you give yourself like a time frame for I'm gonna do this and be good for however long and and then when when would you go back to see them to say this isn't working that's a really good question I think she was like right try it for three months I think that's what three three rounds um and she upped my dose of climate at that point as well and but it was all getting very messy because I went through that privately but then the 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 NHS um you know fertility treatment that I had had wasn't actually through a fertility clinic because it was after that fibroid operation that I'd had so it was actually just through this gynae gynecologist anyway so it was all getting a big fat mess I hadn't actually been through the proper um procedures of like checking that you know everything was like physiologically okay in there I didn't know whether my tubes were blocked or and what age were you when this started was that a factor or or no? no. So I was okay. I was relatively young in terms of fertility speak. So I think I was 30, 30 or thirty two. Okay, I've like completely lost my um, time frames here. But yeah, I was I was like early thirties. So yeah, okay. Um, so that was never, it. Was there was never really that huge time pressure that? No, exactly. No. Um, okay. But then, so anyway, so in the background, I was, there, I was like, right, I need to go and get my fertility clinic referral. I mean, I was kind of hoping this, you know, my magical private consultation was going to work with all the no sugar and the this, that. Yeah. And that was the point where I started looking at all the alternative things and like throwing myself into all of the things that I thought might help doing my vision boards, doing the everything, 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 like really going for it. <laughs> and I, at the time, then went and said, I think I'm going to need a fertility clinic referral. And so I put that in, but then it kept getting delayed like, and it kept getting mm. um, cancelled. And I, my appointment was cancelled about five times. And I only learned afterwards that that was happening because they had a nurse in the fertility clinic who was on long-term sick leave. So um, there was about three or four couples who just kept getting pushed back, pushed back, pushed back. Oh, that was me. And I kept waiting for this appointment and obviously, you know, while this was going on, taking, you know, still having like my medicated cycles of treatment, but w- which weren't working. And it was that was actually the hardest time for me. Um, so I wasn't having the higher end of intervention, but I was the most emotionally um, distraught at that point. Yeah. I think. Um, didn't have the support, didn't have anyone to talk to about it, was just driving myself crazy. Um, didn't have a plan. Yeah, didn't have a plan. Just just felt really at it's sea. Waiting, isn't it? 
mm. waiting um just yeah just just um you know doing all of that stuff symptom spotting at night lying awake all night oh my god my 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 knee is itchy am I pregnant all of that <laughs> stuff. you know what I mean yeah. and then you do I know exactly you, what you mean yeah then you go oh oh let's have a look I bet there's someone out there who's had this symptom and they'll you know, and then they you go, go and, they've, and then they've had this exact dosage that I've just had on the exact day that I've just had it in my cycle and I bet they've got and then you end up finding that thing don't you you google enough you find the thing you want to find Mm. um which is... I mean you've been on Google for 10 hours at that point and <laughs> yeah, exactly. had no sleep but like you find it and it was in Texas 25 years ago <laughs> yeah. or you find it like deep 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 in the in the um annals of some ancient fertility forum from like <laughs> yeah yeah whenever um I mean 2000 let's be honest 2000 <laughs> 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 but yeah you know you get the picture like I was really you know in that space headspace yeah um so uh so that's that's the external and internal at the same time so then what happened was that I got my clinic referral finally and they said to me well you can they they still said to me you know you can carry on with ovulation induction and I was like are you kidding me I can't carry on with this I've done this for six rounds it's not working I'm I'm look at me I'm like a shell of a woman I need to I need to, I need yeah, a different treatment yeah. and they said well we'll do um injections so we'll do injectable ovulation stimulant because they still weren't going to refer me for IVF at that point I was still not you know they weren't oh. actually that worried at that time well because they were like well uh, it looks like you can respond and maybe we just need to, you know, it, there weren't any problems with Simon at that point. They, um, well, no, they weren't, there weren't any issues with sperm. Um, so they thought that the only issue was ovulation. So that they were, that, that's why they didn't want to f- refer me. Yeah. At that. So I was like, okay, mm-hmm. let's try ovulation injection with the injections. So I don't hear this spoken about that much, but basically it's like going through half of the IVF stuff and then you just go home and have sex so it's it's to be honest like I actually what I did you know a bit of a spoiler I did end up having IVF (laughs) but um I found IVF less stressful than all of the medicated cycles with the injections because actually at least that pressure was off and it wasn't down to me and Simon to try and make it work it sounds bonkers doesn't it but it it just it, it, felt, it actually felt like the, the worst of all the worlds at that point because I was having to do all of the going in and the scanning you know all the dildo cam and all of the injections just as I did with IVF all of the pressure all of that but then it was down to me to try and you know answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it did felt a lot of the the load was on my shoulders emotionally yeah and everything you know how did you and, do that like as a couple yeah, of pressure? yes that, that's that yeah this is where it all changed for me really um and why I ended up starting my account and why I do what I do now because I was in that I was in such a terrible way that I I actually thought I need to do something like some I'm not coping well with this in the slightest mm. and that's the point where I started going into how can I reclaim myself how can I rearrange what's happening to me reframe it and start to really own it instead of just being you know I just felt like I was on this like terrible ride which I had no control over and I just was like hating my life (laughs) at this point yeah um so what happened was I ended up first of all I was I, I started going into the alternative therapies um 
because you know because I thought it was going to help get pregnant but actually what I found was that having that support was totally invaluable emotionally so I did have reflexology and acupuncture um, and <laughs> and I loved that um you know whether or not it was helping I have no idea but it was it was psychologically amazing to just have someone to go and talk to and that that, mm. that was one thing that helped um, and and started to change how I was feeling. The next thing that was starting to change how I was feeling was um, counselling. My fertility counsellor through the NHS was absolutely amazing. I actually only saw her probably for five or six sessions, but she was just so helpful and validating, and that's what I needed. Um, yeah, you know, because it got it got to the point, and I think a lot of people feel this that you end up feeling like there's no one you can talk to because you don't want to burden other people with your. Yeah your fear and you don't want to you know you don't want to you know for example speak to your mum because she actually wants this just as much as you do and and she's as as sort of scared for you as you are and you don't want to have that and then you you don't want to speak all the time to your partner because they're also in it I remember going to speak to a friend who was also going through it offloading all of my fears and anxieties onto her and then leaving that lunch thinking what have I just done I've basically just you know reminded her of all the fears and anxieties that she should also be having (laughs) so that felt difficult as well and I think that that is a bit of a conflict sometimes within our community but we can talk about that later but so just having that that counseling I found really really helpful um and then the main thing the thing that absolutely you know radically changed my life forever (laughs) was doing something called the artist's way which is um a course in reclaiming your um I think it's called a course in reclaim or no what's it called a course in rediscovering your inner artist or something like that but what I found was um I went through this and it was in a book it's just a book by a woman a brilliant woman called Julia Cameron and someone had given me this book like three years before and it sat on my shelf and I'd never picked it up and I, I kind of looked at it one day and I was like maybe that's my missing maybe that's the missing piece here because it, you know the other side to this story was that I was a a very um I was very miserable in my (laughs) my my sort of chosen career hadn't worked out I wanted to be an actress I'd been to um drama school and I'd actually ended up having surgery on my vocal cord so I couldn't be the West End star that I wanted to be you know all this stuff and I was kind of dealing with a lot of like rejection and an infertility and just feeling very low and like I'd completely lost my spark like lost who I was um so for me having that having this course that was going to apparently suppose supposedly lead me back to myself because I knew I was in there somewhere mm-hmm. you know and actually I, I'd been you know I'd had a lot of success earlier in my life so I was like where did that go like where did all my passion go and all of my ability to do these things it just 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 disappeared and I just felt like a big fat failure yeah so doing this course for me and it was all self-study self kind of coaching self-development you know um on my own I wasn't doing it with anyone else but I found it completely life-changing and all of a sudden I was like starting to just see things differently and starting to be able to reframe things and beginning to understand that I had the power in me all the time to rearrange how I felt about what was going on and Mm. I had it had such a profound effect on me that literally my life changed like I started to have a lot more success in the work that I was doing I started to go, hang on a minute, I've always wanted to get laser eye surgery. Why am I not doing that? Like, literally, why am I not doing that? Because I'd always had like super, super short sight. So I took myself off and I just did it. And I found, you know, I, I one of the main things was money. I was like, I can't afford it. But actually, when I 
you know, battled them and said, can I pay in like 85 installments? And they said, yes. I was like, great. Um, So, you know, there were just ways. I just found ways to do the things that I'd always Mm. thought I couldn't and that kind of thing. And the reason I had that energy and that that ability to start just making my life what I wanted it to be. And I know that sounds like a really little weird example with the eye surgery thing. No, no, no. I get that 100%. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I totally do. And I always say it was like the blinkers had been taken off. And I was suddenly like, hang on a minute. This is my fucking life. Excuse me, am I allowed to swear? Yeah, of course you fucking are. (laughs) (laughs) This is my fucking life. Like, what the fuck am I doing? I want to live my life. And I I actually have no idea if this is ever going to work. I have Mm. no idea if I'm ever going to be a mum. I I don't know. And so what am I going to do? Just carry on, you know, um, feeling like this forever or start start owning it and start embracing it and I know that sounds you know it's not it's not as easy as I'm making it sound it took a lot of self-development and inner work and I was a bit you know as I said before I can be a bit of a teacher's pet so I was like all right I'm gonna do this course I'm gonna do every single blooming task in the course I'm gonna do it (laughs) properly and actually sometimes when you put the work in that's when you do get the results back isn't it Mm. um I think always I think that's the rule always when you put the work in you get the results back. Yeah. Although having said that, not always in fertility, right? Like sometimes you can do it right and you still don't get the blooming result that you want. Yeah. 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 No, you're so right. But when it comes to um, your life, this is what the whole like, you know, the whole never give up scenario. I just can't be doing with that rhetoric at all. Like never give up doesn't work for me because I think actually we need to be never giving up on ourselves we need to be never giving up on our lives it's if we say to people never give up we are we are potentially telling them that if they do feel like they want to have a break um that's wrong and that's not wrong you know so it's actually about never giving up on yourself but the people who who end up childless not by choice Mm. then have failed if we're putting putting it that way and that's that must be awful having to deal with not getting what you wanted but then having those negative feelings towards yourself as well and there's so much there's so much you know the 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 terminology the words that we use in this space are just so absolutely crucial and that's that's a big you know part of what I want to change as well is that just get rid of this whole I hate that hashtag sorry if you like it but I hate the hashtag we beat IVF or no we beat infertility I just I think it's I think it's really really damaging I think never give up is damaging because also and and I think I've learned this massively through lockdown it's not necessarily about giving up it's about pivoting and as you say reframing things and once you can master reframing things and pivoting things whether it's your career whether it's your personal life whether it's your relationship status any of that then your possibilities are endless so it's not about never giving up it's about never closing a door you know never Mm. never a dead end finding other routes I love the pivot thing you know and it's really interesting that you know especially in this year 2020 when whenever you're what a shitter um yeah exactly but they always talk about like businesses having to pivot and it's it is kind of like that you go okay this is happening so I can either like keep going and like banging my head against this brick wall over here not that I'm saying that you you have to you have to stop trying but that you can just start to just gently move away from from that 
um, headspace where you're only yeah. thinking about this. You're only going to do this. You're only, you know, it's just so difficult to live your life and actually remain a whole human being if you're not allowing the things that make you a whole human being into your life. Yeah. Um, and that's why it's so crucial to do that inner self-work when you're going through all of this, because not only is it going to help you, you know, while you're going through your fertility journey, it's going to stay with you forever. And it's going to not just get you through, it's not going to make you survive. It's gonna, it's going to lift you up into a mm. whole other realm of 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 how you're experiencing this. So yeah, sorry. So that's yeah. a really, really rambly way of saying what actually happened to me internally. <laughs> But I think that's so, I think the point you've made there, and I was talking to my uh, acupuncturist about this the other day, if you can harness the things that happen in your life and use them for good, rather than be affected by them, let them affect you in a positive way, you are so winning and you are so, it it's so empowering to be able to look at an event in your life and use it for good rather than look at it as that happened to me in a really negative way. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And I think essentially that's that's the whole ethos of what you're saying is take mm-hmm. it and harness it and use it because it mm-hmm. oh my gosh if if there's anything I've learned from starting the worst girl gang ever mm-hmm. with Laura it's the fact that shit when it goes down is so fucking shit and it's so horrible and it's so painful but it has propelled us yes. into doing so much good stuff and without the shit we wouldn't be here and we wouldn't be doing this so in so many ways, I'm so grateful to the shit stuff yeah. for making me realize what I want to do and ha- how I want to be and how I want to help people. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And I think it's incredible what you, you're you doing. And it, it's so amazing to meet so many people who have found this. And, mm. you know, I do think that we can look at things in two ways. And I can't remember, was it, was it Einstein who said, like, you can either look at life like nothing is a miracle or like everything is a miracle you know and there really is something in that and if we if we choose to look at everything as a miracle even if it's shitty 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 we can then we can take it and 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 use it as our lesson and what is this teaching me how can this change me and it doesn't yeah. mean you know this is a huge thing that we have to understand is that it doesn't mean you don't grieve and that you don't feel pain yeah. absolutely and that and if you don't then there's something wrong and you have to go back and you have to feel that yeah um because there's a really big problem with the whole stay positive toxic positivity exactly yeah exactly that because there will be lots of people who who are in that dark lonely place Mm -hmm. and can't find it within them to work on themselves because they're so fed up they're so just stuck down that rabbit hole not knowing where to turn what to do next Yes. So, yeah. What do those people do? What they do is they grieve and they look, they get their support and they heal and they mm. get validation. You know, you you don't move forward without that stage. It's not possible. Mm. And if I think if we try to kind of push forward before we're ready, it comes out later on. And actually, mm. it's much more important to stop when we need to stop. And I am running my. Um, my six-week mindset course at the moment and in our in our group you know there's it's an amazing beautiful group because everyone's there for each other in their times you know of need and as much as we've been talking about mindset work and you know I call it building your life raft and they've all got all of these amazing resources that we've been um, learning about and um, 
using and they they have them and they understand it and they're they're, they're so committed it's incredible but it doesn't matter like you know someone today had a negative test and it absolutely floored her and she, mm. she just had to let out everything that she was feeling so you know that, even with all this it's still it's yeah still painful so painful and that but that in itself having that I think a lot of women certainly many that we've spoken to have this kind of I'm doing all right I'm doing okay today was better today and then something triggering like that happens and they feel like they've gone back to square one but actually you've covered so much ground with how far you have come I think it's it's so tempting to kind of be like oh I'm right back where I started and stuff but you're not are you not at all. Especially if you're, so tell us about your course. Tell us about how you, how you started it and what it involves and stuff. So I guess, I guess this comes back to just to finish off the, the kind of where the Instagram account came from. It, it came. Oh yeah. From, I remember. Yeah, no, because, yeah. Well, it kind of leads on to, to, to why I wrote the course is because I, I thought to myself, wow, I've had such a different experience to the one I thought I would have because I'm actually, and I know this sounds hard to believe but well before I knew that I would have um a round of IVF that resulted in a pregnancy and a, and, a, and a little girl I honestly can say that I was I, I was mm. happier than I'd ever been and that was because I was absolutely connected to who I was and what I was supposed to be doing with myself at that point in my life and I was feeling great like and as I said it doesn't mean I wasn't grieving when I got you know all those negative rounds of treatment absolutely but I was also feeling really good and um you know enjoying my life and I, and I just thought I have not seen this anywhere I have not seen anyone tell me that this is possible and I felt so compelled to try to help p- other people find these little th- this this route back to themselves basically when they're in fertility treatment I felt so compelled to do that that I actually sat down and wrote a book about it and then it sat on my laptop for a year and I didn't do anything and then I was like I don't know what to do with a book instead I'm going to start a social media account because I really don't know how to make a book happen <laughs> so I started in it that I started Instagram and that's that's where it came from so I just started sharing little bits and then when I opened when I started Instagram and I found the community I was like oh my god these are my people yeah where where (laughs) were they when I need and the thing is it didn't exist you know when when we were going through it and the first time um and so yeah so I was just like gobsmacked and I was so excited and I started following all these people and just throwing myself into it because I thought this is amazing that this this exists I can't believe it so I and and then I start sharing sharing sharing. and then it kind of um you know sort of snowballed from there the course is called reclaim and it's a six-week mindset transformation course which I launched for the first time um almost six weeks ago because they're about to end um about to do our, our final module actually um and what it is, is essentially what I, I, I sort of sat, sat down and studied what happened to me. And I looked at like all of the triggers and all of the things that were stopping me from feeling um, like me and looked at how I could get through that and what I could do. And um, and then sort of turned that into into a, a, a course, um, which is has been the most such a privilege actually to kind of and it's all it's women I never really meant for it just to be women but it is it's it's for women Mm. and it's a very beautiful thing and I I feel very privileged to 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 hold the space but there's also you know I also have you know mini sort of downloadable things that people can have like little meditations and my 10-day course which is 
And also that's the thing, like I found everything so expensive when I was going through fertility. Mm. Um, you know, this sort of supplementary, literally the supplements, but also the alternative therapies and, you know, counselling if you can't get it through um, anything free. Um, anything that you want to do to make yourself feel better felt like almost unreachable because of the the cost. It just felt prohibitive. So that's one of my kind of main values is to try and make my stuff as accessible as possible. Mm. Um, so, yeah. So how, because I, I don't know, how many rounds of IVF did you have? So I ended up having one round of IVF. Okay. It was prior to that that I had 10 rounds of medicated treatment. Okay. Um, which... I found the most difficult, as I said. Yeah. So I ended up, so I always say like I had 11 rounds of treatment to have my daughter. And yeah. I tell you, there's another reason why I do say this, because I know that there's a, 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 there are people, a lot of people in the community who, because they haven't had IVF, feel like they are not worthy enough of, of saying that they're in this space. Or they may not have had any treatment at all. Um, but you know, they're trying and it's not working. So and I I do get a lot of messages about that. So I just always want to kind of say it's whatever your experience is, is very valid. And it's yeah. Very, if you want a baby and you've not got one, then you've got a right to be upset. Exactly. Mm. That's it, Laura. <laughs> Exactly that. It doesn't really matter. It's the shared experience of trying to have a baby and, and not being able to. What was that baby. quote you did this week, Bex? We're in the same. Oh, God. Oh, it's beautiful. I know. I, in the same boat, but not the no, same storm. No, not the same different, boat. different boats. <laughs> there was. De- Do you know? Look, give me a break, okay? I didn't expect to be in airy fairy mode quite so late. <laughs> um. We're not all you in the same. You didn't make it up boat. yourself, did you? I did. Well, I paraphrased it myself <laughs> by myself. No, because <laughs> um, no, the, the thingy. The, uh, anyway, um, we're not in the same boat, but we're all stuck in the storm. Yes, love it. Mm. It's true. Exactly that. Exactly that. Yes. Um, anyway, sorry, I interrupted you mid-flow. So uh, what I was going to ask, my original question, is I said, how many rounds of IVF do you have? Then I was leading up to the fact we're approaching Christmas. Yeah. Christmas is a really difficult time because obviously it's very child-orientated. And if you haven't got a baby, that must be so hard. And if you're seeing friends and pregnancy announcements and babies and babies first Christmas. Who announces their pregnancy on Christmas Day, isn't there? Oh, well, I mean Mary and Joseph, they were the first, weren't they? <laughs> they started Which a trend there, didn't they? All the first announcement that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> what advice have you got for, for, for people that feel that way? Right. I have, I have good advice. So here's my, here's my advice. Um, Get your pens out, ladies <laughs> and gents. For the festive period. I think the thing is with comments and difficult situations like this is it's often because um, we feel off, we feel taken off guard or we feel like we don't know what to say when they, when we get these comments or we feel like we're a bit blindsided by them because we think that's highly inappropriate. Don't say that to me. Dick. Twat. So oh, yeah. that's probably not anyway. We're not um, saying the c word yet, are we? <laughs> no, that's you. You're dying to say the c word, and I keep no, stopping you. No. Anyway, go on. So then, when you when you get these comments, you're you're kind of fuming because you think, well, there's all manner of things going on in your in your in your kind of physical reaction in your head and everything. This is this is like a very 
um, intense reaction that you'll have when you get something, you know, someone says something to you, like, well, I don't know. It's like, like a personal attack, isn't it? That's personal how you attack. feel. Yeah. How you feel. So, so the best, what, what we need to understand is that our best form of defense, I guess, is to be prepared. So there's, there's several like ways that we need to prepare ourselves. So you need to, number one, be prepared for, to have some comments. Like you might get some comments because people are ignorant, unfortunately, and we're working to change that, but people are ignorant. They don't have high awareness often of this experience. So they will say things, they might be well-intentioned, but they will be hard to hear. Mm-hmm. And so that's the number one. Because Hopefully as- there won't be as many of those comments because people aren't going to be having big Christmases. So great auntie Barbara is not going to pipe up about how your body clock's ticking and you should be getting on with it because that's she's going true. to be in her own house. Yeah, doing mm. her own little turkey. Exactly. So <laughs> so hopefully there won't be as many, but be prepared for them because as soon as you, mm-hmm. you arm, that's immediately a form of empowerment because you go, okay, this might happen. So I'm going to, I'm going to um, get myself in a, in a, in a headspace where I'm going to be okay if something says that to me because it's the next level of preparation you're going to have your stock phrases to come back with if someone does say something to you or you're going to just gently create a nice little boundary around yourself so that you don't have any obligation to enter into a conversation which you don't feel comfortable with or that makes you feel shit so you just decide and actually that choice is always always yours even if it's Mm. a family member who's trying to you know pull you into a conversation that you really don't feel comfortable with or a friend who you haven't seen for a while or whatever whoever we're allowed to be you do have the power actually and you have much more power than you think that you do so Mm -hmm. remind yourself of that you know have your stock phrases ready whatever you feel comfortable saying I quite I'm not sure about kind of giving examples because everyone needs to practice them in their own mouths yeah and (laughs) And I think fuck off dick is too far it, it might it might too be far, too far I mean, for christmas it might, yeah. it might just be people... someone like that it's probably not appropriate yeah. that's an easter <laughs> kind of comment that one what the one i like is oh wonderful that congratulations lovely lovely news oh um bex did you hear about so and so's lovely news oh i've just got to go and get something else a drink mm. champagne, which i can have and you can't because you're a pregnant bitch <laughs> wow that you started off so well. <laughs> it's a rapid decline, Laura. That needs, that needs work. Yeah. Well, I tell you what I did in these situations. Oh God! My way of go. coping was I just didn't go anywhere or see anyone or do anything for probably about six months. I was just went to work. That was it. Mm. That's not healthy. Don't do that, people. Yeah, I don't. I. I would. <laughs> but the thing is, people do do that because they are so um frightened yeah frightened exactly Mm. and you don't want to have to deal with it well if you've gone through a couple of years of doing what we're talking about now and preparing and everything like that and you're still in that same spot you just it's just a bit too overwhelming sometimes and if you pack this emotional toolbox which is fundamentally what you're saying Alice then you can go out and you can be prepared and you can have your boundaries and you can have your carefully worked on and rehearsed things that you say whatever they happen to be whatever you feel comfortable with saying to people and that can get you through right 
Absolutely. And it always starts as well with self-compassion, because the more that we have, you know, beat ourselves up for not being able to enjoy things or that, you know, mm. the guilt that we feel because someone's announced pregnancy and we feel um, such sadness or pain or jealousy, whatever mm. it is, you know, we layer on all these difficult feelings on top of the feeling that we naturally have which is a totally valid human normal reaction so and then you feel guilty about feeling horrible exactly so we just and then and then and then we push all of that down because we go what the hell is wrong with me well I'm not a normal human being so then you've got your your anger and your sadness and your jealousy and your guilt and just everything is just squash 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 down and then you're trying to be like up with Prosecco yeah, 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 exactly. So you just that's and then and then the thing is what I always what 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 kills you is not being connected to who you are and how can you connect to who you are and the things that bring you joy when you're so you're buried so far underneath these layers of feelings that you're piling on top of yourself you're not gonna be able to find that joy so it's really about self-compassion and it's really about yeah that that um being very gentle with yourself and um yeah and then just surrounding yourself with people if you're allowed to (laughs) people Mm. that you know that are going to look after you and that are going to comfort you um yeah and also if you are because I know that lots of families will be together over Christmas and lots of families don't have the easiest of relationships and that is a sort of situation that you might be forced into don't be afraid to put up boundaries because as we were saying earlier, you are in control. Nothing, no no one can say or make you do anything that you don't want to do. And actually it's really, really vital to your mental health that no, enough is enough. And that if someone is bringing something toxic to you, that whether that's, you know, toxic positivity or or whatever it is, then you have the right to step back and say, no, this is actually not for me. Ditch the WhatsApp group, mute it if you're not brave enough to ditch it. All these things, all these small things are so fundamental to our mental well-being that it's just really, really important to practice even. And I think the scariest thing to do is is the first step. And once you start making these decisions, however small they might be, Mm. however insignificant you feel that they are in your life, it's a huge significance to go out there on your own and do that brave little step because after that, it's just a case of repeating that behaviour. Yes, and I would I would even go as far as to, you know, if you're nervous about what families, family members might say or whatever, you can go as far as kind of sending them a little guide as to what you would like from them and just mm-hmm. say, look, guys, just to give you a heads up, I've actually had a really tough year Um you know it depends how much they know how much they don't know um but this is kind of what I would love to happen over Christmas I I really don't really feel like talking about this that and the other xyz whatever like you decide um so you know I hope 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 you understand or just something like that so you don't have don't apologize you don't need to apologize Mm. for anything um and it's this is your this is your Christmas and you should enjoy this this time of year of feeling loved and and together just as anyone with a family does I think that's so fantastic. Thank you so, so much, Alice, for all all of that advice. And where can people find out more about what you do? Come and find me on Instagram. That's where I'm most active for sure on at This Is Alice Rose. Um, and also my website, thisisalicerose.com. And that's where you can find um, my downloads. So I've got a self-compassion for, me- for pregnancy announcements, little meditation, actually, which um, is this one of my best sellers because it's just a really nice comforting validating thing to listen to on a t- at a time when you feel like shit <laughs> 
thank you yeah. so much for uh, giving up your evening to speak to us it's been really really lovely oh such an honor and a pleasure thank you so much for asking me on it's been really really fun so thank you and um yeah we'll all keep in touch thank you thanks so Alice. Much. that was really all fun. right take care thank you so much everyone for tuning in and please please when you have a second rate us review us and share us and let's get this taboo smashed see you next week Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. <laughs> to be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.